Welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off. I'm Katie. I'm Beth. And we are Pre-PA Clinic. We are so excited to bring you this new episode. So today I am interviewing Katie about mission trips. Now, mission trips are something that are a phenomenal way to give back to other communities. It's especially important when you are a healthcare provider and you have these skills that are needed throughout the world to serve other communities and give back. So welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me. Listen, so we're so excited. I know you've been on so many different mission trips, but for our listeners, I want you to give them a little bit of background about what exactly are mission trips and how does it work? Sure. So there's all different kinds of mission trips. You can go on a mission trip to build homes, for instance, or a mission trip to dig wells for clean water or uh, medical mission trips, which is what I love to do. Actually, that was one of the main reasons I went into the medical field and became a PA was to be able to go on mission trips and to provide medicine to every country in the world. That is, you know, one of the universal things that people need besides clean water and food. Um, it's also medical care, health care. Yeah, so how did you get started in mission trips? And for those listeners that are maybe interested in doing mission trips and going on mission trips, uh, where is it usually through? Is it through a church? Is it through an organization? So my passion, one of my passions is to travel the world. I love, love, love other cultures and other people, different countries, exotic places around the world. That was kind of the foundation of getting started in missions was just a love and joy of travel, and then also a a passion for medicine. The mission trips that I've been on have varied between church organizations and then other just nonprofit organizations. And so you can go on a mission trip, I mean, literally through any, anywhere from a foundation to organizations, nonprofits, to your church, there's, there's opportunities to be had everywhere. So when people talk about going on mission trips, and I'm talking specifically about medical mission trips, what do you actually do when you get to that country? Like, what is your job? I know there's not a lot of resources. Maybe you're out in the middle of nowhere. So what kind of care do you provide the people in that area? Medical mission trips can vary depending on what kind of setting you're in. A few of the settings I have been in, there were zero resources. We were in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't a clinic. Um, Everything that we provided was provided from our backpack. And then in other settings, it would be a hospital setting, and we had various resources, medications available, testing available. So it really just depends, but it could range from, again, no resources at all, or very few resources to what you can carry on your back to a huge hospital setting. One of the more frustrating things about mission trips that most people don't really talk about, specifically medical mission trips, is that the care you provide is so temporary. You can talk to your patients in that community and you can you know, recommend your patient education, that sort of thing. You can provide medication um, for them, but eventually that's going to run out. You're not going to have extensive medications with you. You're not going to have extensive testing with you usually. You have the opportunity to provide them with care for up to like seven to 10 days or maybe even a month, depending on what's going on. But then eventually that medication is going to run out and they're going to be back to square one with zero health resources. Yeah. So that's got to be pretty frustrating to know, like, let's say they have hypertension and you can consult them Mm -hmm. about, hey, hey, low salt diet, that type of thing. But you can give them a month worth of blood pressure medicine and then there's not a whole lot else you can do, right? Yeah, sure. And same thing with diabetes. That's really one of the more common ones. And these are typically very poor communities. So they only have the food and water or whatever that's available to them in a very close proximity. Typically, that's like rice heavy, carb heavy. So you have these diabetics that can't change their 
lifestyle. They don't have the means to change their lifestyle. So you can provide medication for their diabetes, for instance, for a month or two, but then eventually that's going to run out. They're not going to have access to healthcare and they don't change their diet or their lifestyle because they don't have the means to. So that that's one of the more frustrating things. It is very rewarding to be able to provide patient education and at least stimulate that idea in their mind and plant that seed to be able to potentially change their lifestyle if they had a choice. You talk about like a lot of chronic disease type stuff. Do you ever see any acute stuff? Do you ever sew people up? Do you set fractures? Like what kind of acute care do you give to these communities? So acute care, um, again, just like you said, lacerations, fractures, uh, appendicitis. Of course, whenever you have a surgical problem, those usually about to the closest hospital if we're not at a hospital setting. So it really just varies, but it's, it's very fun because there's so much variety to what you see. It's not just chronic disease. There's also acute um, illnesses as well. Infants with super high fever, infectious disease, jungle illness, that sort of thing. Someone who wanted to go on a mission trip, what advice would you give them? Definitely hook up with an organization or a church or a foundation that's there to plant a base there, meaning that you're not going to go for seven days and then leave that community and never come back. But a organization that's trying to continually help out that community and to develop relationships there. The other is to really develop some hardcore skills as far as like being uncomfortable. Mission trips are by no means comfortable in any way, shape or form. They will test your mental game, your physical game. Things will come up, you know, politically in the country last minute or um, there'll be an uprising or getting used to cultural norms that are different from your own. So all of those things you really need to train for before you leave. Be comfortable with heat if you're going to a really hot setting. Be comfortable with cold if you're going to a really cold setting. So you're never really comfortable. It's not America. We're very spoiled here in our luxuries and in our comfort level. Yeah, those are some great tips. Where are some of the places that you have been on mission trips? Cambodia, China, Morocco, Guatemala. So tell us a little bit about these. Um, so what kind of hardships did you come across? I know you said it's not comfortable. Can you give us an example of some things that maybe you had to do that was a little bit out of your comfort zone and then how can you kind of acclimatize to that culture in such a short amount of time and then by the time you get back to the United States how do you figure out how to kind of come back to your job to your world after seeing um, some of these places you know in my mind before I started doing mission trips I was like oh my gosh it's gonna be amazing I'm emergency medicine based so I can see a, a wide variety of illnesses and uh, chronic diseases but never in my visualizations of going on mission trips where they're pregnant women because I don't like dealing with <laughs> pregnant women. <laughs> Oops. And um, of course, in other countries of the world, women get pregnant a lot. And so there was more pregnant women than I anticipated. That makes me really nervous. Pregnant women make me nervous. <laughs> so many things can go wrong. And I'm always terrified they're going to have their baby when I'm around. <laughs> It's just not my jam. Um, so yeah, so anytime you're, especially with the more remote medical mission trips, you live in the conditions that you're the community that you're working in live in. So that could be a hut, a village. In Cambodia, we would stay, we slept in a hammock underneath a hut. And you know, at, at night, there's like, you know, giant roaches that are on the outside of your hammock. Mm. And, and one of the main hardships that a lot of these communities face, other than not having access to medical care, is clean water, access to clean water that's huge. And so fortunately, my husband is an aquatic biologist and he specializes in clean water 
resources. So he goes on mission trips with me and is able to teach a community how to build a well or how to sustain clean water, that sort of thing. So uh, we really work very well together. I get to take care of the medical side. He gets to take care of the clean water and even go as far as like teaching certain communities how to raise fish and food. So like fisheries or nurseries. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like that works really well together. When it comes to mission trips, what are some of the hardest things that you've had to deal with personally? The bathroom situation mm, and yes. the majority of the mission trips that I've been on, there's no Western toilets. The Eastern toilets that you have tend to not always fit our standards of hygiene. And I have I struggle with like giant spiders and bugs. <laughs> Yes, yes, I second that. And unfortunately, like, I love more humid, hot destinations with jungles where there's always, you know, critters running around. So I think those were my biggest challenges. I'm pretty good at being uncomfortable as far as in an environment like, you know, if it's hot and I'm sweaty, like, I'm okay with that. That doesn't really bother me. As long as I have water, I'm fine. Overall, it's just, it's so rewarding. You don't really think about how uncomfortable the situation is or, but it's just so rewarding to help other communities, especially when, you know, there's such a lack of access to healthcare. Yeah. Have you ever gotten sick by eating unfamiliar food, drinking unfamiliar water, or do you bring that stuff with you? So what kind of stuff do you bring on a mission trip? Sure. So I did get sick one time and it was terrible and you feel awful. And so from that point on, this was actually before I was a PA, but since I've been a PA, I carry like a medical kit that has (laughs) so many antibiotics, you know, parasitic medications. We carry iodine tabs. We have the water purifier, the SteriPen that uses like UV light to sterilize water. I have a huge medical kit that I carry, clean needles and suture material, everything that we would need in acute situation. Yeah. So you kind of carry anything you might need in a remote environment Mm -hmm. that you're going to want, right? Yes. And then the other great thing about that is, you know, when you're in a remote area, for instance, we were working in a remote area in Cambodia and there you know, there's no grocery store, there's no access to food other than what they're serving you. And it's also considered really impolite not to eat what they provide for you. You know, they go out of their way to take what limited resources they have for food and feed you. So you always want to partake in whatever the food is. So I don't eat meat. Um, I eat fish and eggs only. So I'm a pesco vegetarian, um, mainly plant-based diet. So of course, you know, <laughs> you know that game's off when you're in other countries. And so I always carry snacks with me, like no matter what, <laughs> like tiny <laughs> snack bars. You know, if there's a particular dish that they're serving that I just cannot stomach. I will absolutely go ahead and force a few bites down just because they've taken such such kindness on their part to prepare a meal for me. But then I will sneak a snack bar later. <laughs> I like it. These are good tips, guys. Carry your snack bars. And so the communities that you go to that you're providing this healthcare access to, what kind of reception do you get from those communities? Are they happy to see you? Or Oh my gosh, that is the best part about mission trips. They are so grateful and and happier there. Even if you can't do anything other than give them a multivitamin, they are just, I mean, literally it never fails. No matter what country we have been in, the people are just, they make it totally worth it. They make the uncomfortableness, the going outside of the box to get there, you know, literally like they make everything worth it just to see their smiles and to, to be able to work with them. And they're just, they're so kind. That's the best part about mission trips is, is the people. They're so grateful. 
Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Final question. I know a lot of people have struggled, especially those who've been overdoing mission work in really, really poor countries for a long time. And they come back to the United States and they sort of struggle with the fact that, you know, over here we are so much more wealthier, kind of how the other half lives type thing. Um, have you ever struggled with that, with coming home? And if so, how do you deal with those types of feelings? Absolutely. And actually, that's another really great point, because a lot of the countries that we worked are extremely poor. Um, they, they have like two pairs of shirts, right? They have two shirts or two shorts or whatever. And that's like their clothing for the year. They struggle to find food. There's some days that they go hungry. So coming back to America, where the shelves of the grocery store are lined with food, everyone in this country has opportunity to rise up and become somebody or something or do something with their life. And then, you know, of course, walking into a beautiful home um, that I've been blessed with and having, you know, a huge walk-in closet full of stuff. And it totally makes you feel guilty because it, it does feel like such a waste when you're coming back from a country where family of six lives on a 10 foot boat and they sometimes aren't able to catch fish for the meals for that day. They don't have more than one shirt to wear. So it definitely feels wasteful and it definitely puts things in perspective for sure on the value that you place on certain things. Yeah. So that is a, a difficult part of mission missions as well. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Do you have any last minute tips or advice for those students who might be considering mission trips or who might even want to work in a missionary capacity once they become a PA? Yes, absolutely. So you don't have to go to a far flung corner of the world like I do to provide care or kindness or medicine or whatever it is that you may be doing. This country is in desperate need of help just down the road from you, most likely in the neighborhood next to you, there's people in need. So don't feel like you have to take off two to three weeks from work and you know take a 36 hour flight <laughs> around the globe to help someone. This country needs help too, the citizens of our country do, and most likely your neighbor does. So just reach out to anyone close by you, show kindness, and make the world a better place. Ah, I love it. Listeners, those are words to live by. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Where the White Coat Comes Off. We really appreciate you, and we will see you next episode. Those of you who are applying to PA school or who are in PA school might be interested in our new membership. Our PACER membership is everything you need to succeed. If you're a pre-PA, we have tons of review on anatomy, physiology, medical terminology, critical thinking, and everything you need to know before starting. Whether you're in your didactic year or clinical year, we also have stuff for you. So if you're in didactic year or clinical year, we have all the resources you need to be a successful PA student, to be the most prepared, the best student you can be that takes you all the way up to graduation and then beyond. So whether you want practice quizzes before you take your exams, you want to practice your standardized patient or ostlers or OSCEs, go through cases, review worksheets, videos, whatever you need, we have it for you. Go to prepaclinic.com or go to the link in our bio at, at prepaclinic on Instagram and sign up for your PACER membership. It will be the best money you ever spend. Don't forget to invest in yourself and invest in your future so you can make your dreams come true. We can't wait to see you in the private Facebook group. Thank you. Bye.